All right, everyone. Welcome to episode 138 of the 580 show. Uh, just myself and a special guest, uh, Luke Davis today. So uh, joining us from Wales. Yeah. Um, I'll give a little introduction. So Luke is the owner of Chaos Strength Gym, and he's also a strongman coach. Um, very well-known strongman promoter, especially for weight class athletes. Um, for a long time, I think strongman was predominantly open classes and, and Luke has been one of the people that has really, really pushed the weight class athletes, which is really cool. Um, you know, especially uh, just a couple weekends ago at the chaos classic, which we're going to talk about and not only a uh, strongman promoter coach, gym owner, he's also a competitor, uh, not as much recently, um, but he has deadlifted 925 pounds. Remember we're pre predominantly American. So 925 pounds, what's that? 420 kilos. 20 kilos yeah. And if you're not watching on YouTube, Luke, isn't the biggest guy ever. So a 925 pound deadlift, 420 kilos. That is how much were, how much did you weigh when you did that? Uh, about 250 maybe. Wow. Wow. I pulled, uh, 90 three at 231 wow and that's the was is the welsh record um so 903 was the world record for the 105s yeah 925 was the welsh heavyweight record before um gavin built them broke it so okay gotcha yeah but he weighs like um 200 pounds more than me so <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's what i'm saying like super impressive list just if you if if you've been deep in the weeds and strongman, you kind of know Luke. So uh, I think I've just probably a lot of people have talked to you via DMs and stuff like that. I know yeah. I have. So it's just excited to finally get you on, man. Really appreciate you taking the time. Um, yeah, it's it's funny that there's like a disconnect between how long someone's been doing strongman or not. Because like if someone's new to it, they just know me as promote a promoter, <laughs> uh, owner. Um, they don't really realize I actually do lift sometimes yeah uh, for sure um i remember just like years ago when i got into it just seeing you comment on stuff on starting strongman i think just yeah. like you know just it's weird how how small our little you know strongman bubble is even if well, how big we think it is it's not you know yeah i've been on starting strongman from the start because um i remember like when i first started doing it like 12 years ago um the main place for learning stuff was like bodybuilding.com in the powerlifting section and right. like kale beck was on there so i've known kale beck online for like 12 15 years so wow that's crazy you know, starting strong man since the beginning really and just yeah it's it's such a good tool like i refer so many people to starting strong man yeah there's great. the you know, like you said, I remember being on the bodybuilding.com forums, like when I was in college, just not even specifically for strongman stuff, but, but yeah, the starting strongman has like a search engine too. So, you know, you can type in like power stairs, you can type in log press, whatever. And any of that stuff, even if you're traveling to a city, you can type in that city name in the search bar and see what generates before you even have to make a post, you know, cause it is such an active, active group. But, uh, but yeah, so chaos weekend has come and gone. What you know, 
just bluntly, how do you rate your weekend? You know, how did it go in your thoughts? Yeah, I thought it went really well. Um, normally after a show, I'm always like, oh, we should have, this went wrong, this went wrong. And like surprisingly, at the end on Sunday, after we'd given out the awards, I was like, I think that went pretty well. Yeah. Um, uh, with a few minor hiccups on the Saturday with the 80s, which probably nobody noticed other than me, to be fair. Um, which we fixed for the Sunday. Um, there was a few issues with like the flooring uh, that we had to fix and um, a few other things. But yeah, the weekend as a whole went really well. Um, all the guys seemed to enjoy it. We had good feedback from all the lifters. Um, good feedback from the audience. Good feedback from the people watching the live stream. So yeah, um, yeah. all in success, I think. Yeah, it seemed like if you just follow along the guys that... So I watched the whole weekend and, you know, it was... Re- it was- it's fun because like I'm an 80 kilo and it's just yeah. fun to follow along like weight class at like the highest level. Right. So yeah. like, you know, um, but it seems like if you follow those guys on social media, they really like everyone was blasting out how awesome it was. It's funny to see the Americans that went over being tourists for the, you know, for the following <laughs> week and stuff, fault, you know, checking out the UK and everything, you know, over there. But from a spectator, it was an awesome weekend, man. Especially, uh, especially that second day, um, you know, with the '90s, it was just such a stacked lineup, and it was so cool to. So, like, how did it? How did it kind of? I mean, I know you've been promoting for a long time, and like we talked about, you've been in strongman for a long time. How did the chaos, like the '90 kg specifically, like? I know you. I saw you say like you felt like that class is what needed it the most, and like yeah. had the best, but. How did that start to like come to a reality where I said it on this podcast when it was leading up to your show, I thought on paper that was the most stacked 90 kg, uh, 90 kilo group we've ever put together. So like, how the hell did you pull it off? Did you just kind of like throw the idea out there and just people started to help? I was, I was talking to, uh, Derek Owens, um, after OSG. Mm-hmm. Just on Instagram, a couple of weeks after OSG, so I think it was like December time last year. And he was like, he basically has planted the idea in my head. He was like, you should run a 90 kilo show. Um, basically, Derek wanted to come to the UK, I think. Yeah, yeah. He just wanted to come. He just wanted to <laughs> come like, out. He was like, yeah, basically, he was like, run a show for me. And I was like, yeah, that sounds good. I was like, um, so at the time, we were just thinking it would be like, you know, people we were friends with, people we knew. Just get everybody together and lift essentially, just have like a fun weekend. And yeah. then I reached out to a few people, um, asking them if they'd be interested, basically. Um, the first 10 get back go back to me, they were all keen. Um I had I put like a cryptic post up on Instagram, and then someone reached out to me and offered um me like a couple of thousand pounds in sponsor money money. Um uh, one of my friends basically he was like, I want to see this happen. Um, I'll help you get go in. So then, obviously, we had prize money then. So more people started messaging me compared to saying, How do I get involved? And it essentially spiraled. It wasn't meant to be anywhere near as big as it was. Yeah. Like it was supposed to be just a fun comp for the Americans to have an excuse to travel over to the UK. <laughs> um, and then it ended up being like the biggest 90 kilo show ever yeah it was and it, it's one of those things that you've probably noticed as a promoter as well once you announce like um 
one big sponsor, other sponsors want to get on board. Yeah. Or once you announce a bit of money, you find the more money starts coming in. Whereas when, when you have nothing, nobody wants to, but like when some the hype train starts going, more and more people want to get involved. Right. Um, so yeah, it just escalated essentially. And then eventually I had about 40 guys message me asking if they could be invited. I was like, well, I can't invite everybody. So then we had right. to do the qualifier. Um, so yeah. Yeah, I want to I want to make sure we circle back to that qualifier cuz I've actually spoke with you about it and spoke with other people. But yeah, it's funny like kind of what you're talking about it's like it's like FOMO, right? Like we all have FOMO of missing yeah. out like with strongman and uh you know like you know a, a 90k like a couple big 90kg guys show up and then the next one and the next one. So that's really cool how that like how that came to fruition, you know. It seems like it's going to be something that continues to grow. And grow and grow. Yeah, like from my opinion, we we were only missing like three guys I can think of worldwide. So in my C- opinion, we CJ, were CJ, CJ, Pierce, Nick, uh, Nar- Naramu, and, yeah. uh, and Nick Myers who had to pull out injured. Um, so That's... other than those three guys, I'm fairly sure we had it, all the rest of the best. So. Right. Yeah. It's, that's funny. That's the, the the names I would have, I think pretty much yeah. everyone would have easily said, but you know how it is, man. It's so hard to get everyone in the same place at the same time. You know, as much as we love it, yeah. it's, still, it's still a hobby, you know? So it's like, you know, a, a wedding, a, a birthday, a, a vacation, anything can throw it off. Oh yeah. I totally, I don't, I've always said to the guys, like, don't feel bad saying no to me because I totally get it. I'm I'm a competitor myself. I've said no to shows I've wanted to do, but I couldn't make work financially or work related or whatever reason. So, yeah, I totally get why the guys couldn't come for various various reasons. Especially yeah. like Nanamu coming from Australia is so fucking expensive. I like it, so it, it. It's funny because you know I've had like um I'll call it like American strongman competitor guilt. Yeah, like because I went and like you look up flights overseas and you're like every big show, you obviously well, I'm talking to OSG really, yeah. I guess you can throw the Arnold in there. You know, people have come up, come across for, for that as well. But it's like, man, for so long, everything has been so catered to us at the weight yeah. class, especially weight class, amateur level um, OSG that like, I was happy to see a really big show come to fruition. That wasn't in America. Obviously if I was competing, it would be helpful if I was, yeah. if it was in America. However, you know, it just seems so much more fair and levels the playing field to have it somewhere other than the U.S., right? Well, yeah, that was the, the big thing, really. And, like, I was also impressed and interested to see how many Americans came over because historically, Americans, because obviously I've been doing it a while now, and getting Americans to leave America has been hard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So the fact that we had 11 guys fly over from America, so basically half our field was from the US, I thought was cool as fuck. Yeah, that's really, really cool. I was going to ask you what the number is. You said 11. 11 out of the 25 guys were American. Wow. That's, that's really impressive. It's like you look at like entry fees and stuff like that in OSG stuff. It's, it's exp- the Arnold. It's expensive to do. I, I, I I think like, a lot of Americans would be surprised um, how much they can travel internationally for. Because I know from speaking to American guys, uh, like if you're flying from the West Coast of America to the East Coast of America, 
the flight the cost in difference in cost between flights from say one part of America to another part of America or to the UK isn't that much. Oh really? Plus our flight, our hotels are cheaper over here, and the food's cheaper. So like, I wouldn't be surprised if some of the America, if you were like frugal over there, you could do it for not that much more than you would spending going to the Arnold or OSG if as an American, like, um. I get I've got flights to Florida in the last few years for like six hundred dollars return. Wow. Do you think do you think that athletes that come from overseas get their their performance struggles if it's coming like coming from the UK to OSG? Do you think their their performance struggles? Um it can. Um I think it's really important, like I would say going out earlier. Like some of the guys came over, flew in on like Thursday morning or Thursday evening. Um, some of them flew up uh, in on Friday morning for a Saturday weigh-in, and I was like flying all across the um, the ocean with only two days notice is probably not long enough. Like when we go to Oasis, we fly out on the we go out on the Monday before. So we are there for four or five days before the competition starts. Right. Um, which obviously costs more money. And I totally get flight doing a red eye flight overnight on the Thursday is probably more cost effective, but right, it, can right. be, it can definitely affect your performance, especially if like you cut the weight on a plane. It's That's, freaking horrible. Yeah, that was my next point. I think um, you know, I people that aren't weight class athletes don't see it when they travel, yeah. but it's the, it's like the hardest part of prep, the most, I wouldn't say the hardest, but the most stressful thing, if you're a weight class athlete, 80, 90, 105, 120 now, whatever, you know, you're traveling and you're in the most stressful part. You're dehydrated. You're either super full on water or you're dehydrated and your calories are definitely lower. So add all that into travel and stress and everything like that, you know, it's makes for a hell of a week to travel, you know? So that's why I kind of asked the question, you know, do you think it affects you know yeah athletes. it definitely it definitely makes a difference which is why i think it's important to move these comp, big comps around because otherwise the americans are just gonna have the advantage every single year yeah and I, you know i actually heard andrew clayton make a point one time that i thought was pretty unique and he said where you go in the world you know strongman has their preferred events so like yeah. uk has more uk ish events yeah. Um, and like, I thought that was really, really interesting to hear because like, I don't even think about that stuff. You know what I mean? I've never, never had to do an international comp. I don't keep up with, you know, UK and stuff as much as, you know, so. Well, like an, an example is, um, do you know the, the dumbbell medley that they had at OS3 last year, right? Right. We, we don't have dumbbells like that in the UK. Like you can't buy them. Like the only type of dumbbell we have are like the sharp edged like yeah yeah the ones and they feel completely freaking different way different so like just little things like that which give i think give the local people an advantage because you can go and buy the equipment um for sure even like you, may, not... you may be within like four hours of someone who's yeah. who they're using their equipment you know what i mean yeah whereas like those dumbbells just don't exist in the uk so it doesn't matter where i travel i'm not going to be able to get my hands on it wow um, like obviously for this year for the press medley, it's the Australians with an exact advantage because of the anchor yokes. They, and... that, yeah, which is a really really cool. 
I'm excited to see that. So this year. I, like, I'm not complaining about that. I think it's just part and parcel of the sport, but it does add a different um, dynamic to each event. And obviously, I tried to pick events that were fairly, um, fairly basic. Um, so like you know, I mean, they were pretty standard events, right? There was a yoke. Yeah, yeah. They were very. It was a very like strong man. Like yeah. you're like it was like a like a like a fuck like a grassroot like strong man blue blood like events i guess i picked events like that on purpose because i was like i don't want someone to be at a disadvantage by me putting in something crazy like um i can't think of any examples right now yeah well like a a u.s manufacturer or uk manufacturer only item you know yeah Yeah, i see 100 percent what you're saying obviously we had the husafel sandbags but the guy who made them in the uk I sent his link out to all the Americans. He was willing to. And we also we also have Husafel yeah. sandbags. So, so. Um, I tried to make it fairly basic on that front um, on purpose because I've been in that situation before of doing a show and not being able to touch the implement. Right. And like for smaller comps, I don't really care as much. But for like a world championship, I feel like right. it was. So I'll give you an example PSL, right? Yep. Yeah, the 64 show that Rihanna just did. They had a fire hydrant in the loading medley. Um, fire hydrants don't exist in the UK. We don't our firefighters don't use them. Wow. That's so, really crazy. So we, we had no way of getting a fire hydrant, like oh, unless man. we imported one from the US. Wow. Um, that's incredible. That's like little stuff you don't think about at all. That's yeah, like, that's really, really that's really that's cool to here that sucks for having to train on it oh but... well, like re and re, re kate didn't care because they're, they're savages and they just right them wherever they want like but yeah um, stuff little things like that where someone uses a piece of equipment so any american girls who have access to one of those are going to have an advantage granted a fire hydrant isn't something you can just buy off rogue so it is harder to get for the americans as well um but you know some stuff like that is I see pop up every now and then because obviously they had a fire hydrant at the Arnold as well, I believe. Yep. Yep. Yeah. We. Um, yep. I know a few British guys were going over like, "How the hell do I train this?" <laughs> yeah. So the next thing I want to talk about is the online qualifier. You mentioned like, yeah, you know, so so people who haven't been keeping up with the chaos stuff, or you're just like kind of getting new to strongman, whatever. The show got so big that Luke had to offer a like he mentioned. You know, it became a, you know, just it was going to be a smaller show for Americans to travel over and have fun and be what it is. And it got big. And so they had to offer um, an online qualifier. And what Luke did, which I've been I was actually talking on the podcast and I'm like, I think online qualifiers are stupid with the three events. And it's really hard to get them right, in my opinion, in my opinion. And I'm not the. I'm not the say all for strongman. Trust me. I'm just like, and I'm trying to just say my piece. And like, I think a lot of the online qualifiers we've done recently are stupid, but long story short, what Luke did that I thought was really cool and made an online qualifier an online qualifier. He did five events. Now he's probably, probably caused a lot of work for himself, you know, 40% more, uh, you know, a lot of, a lot of videos. (laughs) Yeah. A lot of videos, but Man, I just think that gives you such a well-rounded athlete. Um, well, 
I think it proved itself the fact that the guy who won the online qualifier um came fifth in the comp. See, there you go. Jim Mitchell won the online qualifier and he came fifth. Um, which shows that we found the right guys. Um and wow, to be fair, that is that is impressive. I didn't know he was the, I didn't know he uh qualified via online. Yeah, yeah. He had an awesome he had an awesome weekend. He did. And like other guys um who qualified online could have placed like top probably top ten if they hadn't made one or two mistakes, like um uh well Andrew Pepio yep. uh, qualified online and he like I made a big mistake on the York sandbag medley, which cost him a lot of points. But like other than that, he would have probably been in the top ten. Um, so yeah, I thought I thought I'm like you. I hate the traditional online qualifiers, even though they suit me down to the ground because I'm like <laughs> more of a static lifter, and obviously I tend to get loads of points on the deadlift and stuff. I just feel like they don't find the best guys for the shows. Well, um, you know. You know, uh, the way I look at it is if you go to a strongman comp, right, you know, just just any comp, you know, you're going to be moving for about half of that comp, right? You know, yeah. give, or, give or take, you know, some shows are, are very static. Some shows are very moving. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I would say traditionally you're going to move for half of it, right? And very rarely are there moving events in online qualifiers. And I get it's a little harder, but like. This year for OSG, which we all consider worlds right now, and there's base essentially two max deadlifts, yeah, and and a static one rep max press. Yeah, it's like so in my mind. Now I've said I think the best person's always going to still try to still find a way to get there, yeah. you know, most of the time, but. I really, really just – I wanted to bring that up. I'm glad you mentioned it because I like the five event, and I think it helps you find the best athletes. What were your five events? Uh, they were Max Log Press. We had, we had a Max Log in the show. Um, deadly for reps. It was like 600 pounds, I think. Which is um, cool too. Like that's another it, thing is I giving think, them the weights. Yes. I, I don't get why we don't do yeah. that with online qualifiers. First off, it makes it, in my opinion, it makes it easier for the people watching the videos. Right. So, and you you give a what, like a couple percent variance, like a what, like a whatever. Just yeah, I think you said like one or two pounds, obviously depending on their plates. And, yeah. And stuff like, um, what um someone said to me, which I didn't realize at the time, but makes loads of sense. So I think it was a French guy pointed out to me. He said, so say when OS three says you have to do a three rep max deadlift, right? Say the third rep is bounced and they have to take it away. That guy then scores zero, right? That's a great point. Whereas if I give a two a 600 pound deadlift for reps and I have to take two reps away, he still gets a score. He still gets points. Yeah, that's, right? That so, is a great... Which I hadn't even considered, but it's like, yeah, that's... Obvious now, right? And it's also, I mean, just think about the sport of strongman. You don't go for a max. You do. You pick yeah. your weight. You you know you you jump jump in where you can and where where you strategically choose to. But if I go to a show and me and you're doing deadlift for reps, we don't have to guess what we're doing. They're telling yeah. us what we're doing, right? Yeah. So it's cool. like, I think always you should just like. Pick a weight for the 64s, pick a weight for the 73s, and so on and so forth, and say, that's your weight, rep that out. Because then, 
I know people say, oh, it's hard to judge touch and go on video. It's not. It's fucking easy. Just use your yeah. eyes. Like, but if you just give a set weight, then if you have to be a dick and take away a few reps, the guy still scores. Whereas, like I said, if you have to take away a rep on anything else, they just amazing point. That is an amazing um, point. I never thought of that. So our online qualifiers are always just going to be a set weight for something other than unless we do a max again, which is a fine max is a different because you either lock it or you don't miss one rep. Sure. Um, but yeah, so I wanted to pick events. They were max log press, 600 pound deadlift for reps. Uh, it was a carry for distance. I think it was a 300 pound. And I said, you could use whatever implement you wanted. Just uh, so it's more inclusive. So some people use sandbags, some people use a block, some people use a husafel. Um, then it was a 270 pound sandbag load for reps over a 48 inch bar, and a 300 pound farmer's hold for time for the grip element. Um, so I would, I would like to have a little bit more moving in it, but it's 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 hard. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's also it's it's going to be the hardest one to judge. But yeah. you still also had a good amount of moving. Even when I say moving, I consider like Sam loading for reps. Yeah, loading yeah. for reps. That's that's yeah. moving. Like yeah. that's what I'm talking about. I'm not saying you got to go out there and we got to mark off a mile, yeah. you know, and, and exactly measure everything. But like stuff that that, that tests like athleticism of yeah. a strongman athlete because there is a lot of athleticism in it. And it's like I get discouraged when I see like. OSG online qualifiers and I'm like this is almost like powerlifting how static it is you know and it's I also made the events quite similar to the actual events of the show um the reason I did that this year was because we did the online qualifier quite late so I wanted people to be able to prep for the online qualifier and then basically go straight into the prep for the show right because it was the same event essentially um yeah you were pretty you were pretty damn close with... yeah with the everything yeah and it also gave me data to use for the weights of the show so i have a list of the 30 guys who entered now and what their max log was wow that's see that's i cool. have 30 guys i know how much many reps they can get on a 600 pound deadlift so i can use that to pick the deadlift weight for the show that's you mean? Yeah. it gives you data whereas if you have events that are completely fucking different like um yeah, how, what, what am I supposed to do with that? Yeah. Like, I don't see what having data for a five-second farmer's hole pickup is going to help with anything. Yeah, I, I but agree. That's, but that's just me. I, yeah. I did, I, I did want to use this information to help myself, basically. Yeah. <laughs> Pick the event weights. Do you find sometimes with shows, like any level of show... If there's a disconnect, I see it. That's why I'm asking you. If a promoter is removed from weight class to at like it just a, a heavyweight, whatever, always been, I always find the weight matrix is very, very far off what it should be. Oh, 100%. Like, because they just don't know what a 64 yeah. kilo do. woman or an 80 kilo guy, whatever, like, and it's either way too light, way too heavy. It's, I find that to be a disconnect sometimes. So I think it's really cool to continue to use like the data, like you said, and you can go and pull from other shows. You can go on like iron podium. Yeah. And well, that's what I do. I've got like, um, I have all the last five years of OSG on my computer results saved. So if I want to go have a look at a weight class, yep. 
I'll watch for the overhead press B for the 73 kilo class. I can go see, oh, well, this is what they're doing in OSG. Yep. And then scale back from from there or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I do see that in the UK a lot as well. Whenever a heavyweight <laughs> runs away class show, the weights are yeah. all over the place. Like one event might be right. Like the deadlift might be fine, and then the overhead might be way too heavy or way too light, or yeah. Yeah, I think I think with all the data, like it's really important. We had a sandbag toss, a five bag sandbag toss. So what I and it was for a regional event that we hosted. Like for the winners got a trip to the Arnold. That's kind of yeah. like how it was. So all I did was go to OSG, use the same bar height, and then I scaled it back one bag because yeah. this and and it's like it's that's about the level of pool of athletes, and it turned out to be pretty damn spot on, to be honest, you know. Um, it's gonna sound super judgmental, but I just think a lot of promoters are just lazy, and oh, they it, can't be bothered to go do some research, basically, and that's where it boils down to. Well, we have so many local shows, especially here in the United States, where it the accessibility to strongman, which is a great thing, right? It's it's at its all time high. The accessibility, yeah. it's easy to get a kit for strongman. You know, I was at a show this weekend I thought was really cool, and the it was a small show. It was called the Small Town Strength Challenge. And it only had 20 people at it yeah. and it, but it, but it was really cool. It was in a really small town and the promoter bought a strongman implement that you can do four events on with one <laughs> piece of equipment. And I was like, it's crazy how accessible it is to how easy it is to run a show now. So yeah. while that's good, that strongman is so accessible, it's so easy to run a show where you can have bad eggs come in and, run shows just to, because they're paying in the U S we pay a sanctioning fee. Yeah. And that's all you gotta do is just 200 bucks. In the UK, you don't even have to do that. You can yeah. just run a show. Right. Everything's unsanctioned. So it's like, yeah, we have some absolutely crazy shows over here. They're like uh, awful. Yeah. Um, it's the only time I see it where I'm like, just, I, there's a couple things like, obviously don't want anyone to get hurt. Yeah. Like there's sometimes I see setups and I'm like, man, this could go wrong. <laughs> this could go really bad, you know, but also it's like, I remember my first strongman comp and it was so awesome. And the promoter did such a good job. And that's why I fell in love with strongman. Right. I picture all those people, their first time. I just want them to like strongman, you know? Well, that's why we run so many, like, um, so I think I spoke to you before the U in the UK that like everything's separate over here. So we run like novice shows completely separate to like weight class mm -hmm. shows. Um, so we run a lot of novice shows, like first timer shows and like beginner stuff because we want because obviously we we're confident that we can run a good comp. So I want people's first experience in the sport to be positive, so they come yeah. back. If your first comp is an absolute shit show. You're gonna be like, oh, maybe this isn't the sport for me, right? Like I was, um, I can't remember what my first show was. I'm too fucking old now. Um, <laughs> it must have been fine because you liked it. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't think I, I didn't, really, I didn't really know any better at the time anyway. Right. So it mattered, but um, especially with like the with social media and stuff now, it's so easy to find competitions and. I think it's really important that like the beginners comps, especially and the novice stuff, is like run really well because that's where our next pool of athletes is going to come from. Hundred percent. Yeah, I just look at it. I'm like, man, if I went to a comp and it was 
40 people and it took me 11 hours i'd be like man fuck this this sucks like yeah i don't want to do this every time i want to have to compete so it's it's such a it's such a responsibility for the promoters and that's why like when i speak out about it i'm not being a dick i'm just like it's it's not that hard it's just i think 99 of being a promoter and strongman and i'm far from perfect i have so much to learn i learn something every time but it's just caring if you, yeah. if you if you genuinely care yeah. and you dude it's going to be better than 99.9% of the comps if you care. care if you care and you put planning in that's all you fucking need yep. like like having fancy equipment doesn't matter having like crazy heavy weights doesn't matter just giving a shit yep. and putting in the actual planning in is all all that's needed to run a good show yeah, and I, I, you know, I think too, no matter the level of athlete, you know, whether they're just starting or they're, you know, the guys at the 90 kilo show this past weekend that are some of the top in their class, um, everyone wants us to be treated like an athlete, right? Because everyone prepped the same. You yeah, know, exactly. Everyone is, is whether the it's a novice show that you're running or the, the chaos classic, everyone prepared and and made made sacrifices train their ass off so it's like treating them like an athlete and like like how they should be treated that that goes a long way you know little stuff 100 yeah, percent. so yeah i those are really really good points um what's your vision for chaos for like i know you said maybe on instagram 2025 expanding it more is that yeah. kind of um so yeah we're adding the 64s next year um obviously that's reese class so that's her her baby is the 64 so she was really wanted to add those um and then provisionally my plan is to add 73 kilos and the 80 kilo men in 2025 man that's i don't see us ever going past that mostly because i feel like middleweights have loads of opportunities already um especially in europe there's a really healthy 105 scene um in mainland europe um, yeah i mean have... in, we have like over here we have psl i mean not i shouldn't say just over here because it's obviously international athletes can compete but yeah i i think with the emergence of clash 105s have gotten yeah gotten a lot of yeah 80, 82s get a lot of stuff in america as well america's strongest woman is really big for the 82s 82s still get invited to the arnold pro show like Sam Bellevue, Mel Peacock, the Nadia Stowers, etc., getting invited to the big shows. Yeah. So I feel I feel like it's the lightweights that we want to focus on. Um That's cool. so yeah, I can't see us ever going past that. Um, but then just obviously just making it bigger and better every year. Like long term, I'd love to host the Chaos Classic in like a fucking arena, you know, like Giants Live do. Right. With like thousand, two thousand whatever people watching. Obviously, that's um a couple of years in the future, but that's my long-term goal. Um, I want to keep improving the domestic scene in the UK because obviously I've been running the 80s stuff for the last couple of years. Yeah. I want to try and get, get that more aligned with the other weight classes as well. So the 90s, the 105s, the women's. I want to try and make it a little bit more organized because in the UK, it's kind of fucking all over the place. So yeah. speaking to more, there's Gano calendars, more synced up, that sort of thing. Um and then, yeah, going from there, like long term, I feel like what we need internationally to have a healthy 
a healthy sport, basically, especially for lightweights who want to be quote-unquote professionals. Like, obviously, OSG is the, is the world championships. And if we can have, like, a healthy pro show in the UK, a pro show in America, maybe if Ultimates continues to grow in Europe, and then we have three or four big shows every year for the under-80s, under-90s, and the lightweight women, and then they can build their season around it. Whereas right now, you basically have to wait to OSG every year. Yep. Um, obviously, the 80s, the Arnolds um, is quite big for the 80s because you don't have a pro car, so you actually do tend to get a lot of the best guys there. Um, but I feel like the 105s has been the forgotten, sorry, the 90s has been the forgotten class in America for a while because obviously it's just been a subdivision of middleweights, I believe. For like yeah, this was, so this year was the first, the first year time? in America yeah. that yeah. it was the 200s nationals. Like, cause I always felt bad. Like my first nationals, I remember see, watching CJ Pierce dominate, yeah. like dom yeah. go to nationals. He's doing the same weights as the one Oh fives and he's dominating, but then he gets like seventh overall. Yeah. And you're like, that's weird. You know, like, so yeah, that's also this year. I think they just announced that um, this winter, they're going to try to do the two hundreds America's strongest man for it. Yeah. What confused me, confuses me about that is, um, I, I love James and I love what he's trying to do. I think he's running some great comps. Yeah, I think James. I want to get James on here soon because James is great. But awesome. I just don't, I don't really understand what that show is doing because they're not offering pro cards. The prize, they haven't said it, if there's going to be any prize money or on the level of the class. So it just seems to me like it's a second nationals. Well, that's that's my point. That's what I said when it came out. What so would differentiate that from nationals? Yeah, exactly. I mean, maybe, I mean, I guess maybe just saying that they have their own little comp, like that focuses on just them. But it, no, I know what you mean. Like, in my opinion, nationals is America's strongest, right? Yeah. Like yeah. That, that, if it's called nationals, it should be. It's weird over here. We have two nationals. It's whatever. Um, but I mean, I, I get it for the 105 because they always have good prize money. But they also um, have a pro. They also have a pro yeah. class. And like the America's Strongest Man is a step up from nationals in terms of weights, money, competitors. But America's Strongest Man in the nineties is just going to be the same fucking thing as nationals, right? Right. They said, so, yeah, yeah. I, I don't get it. Exact same thoughts. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure who's going to do it. Um, obviously it depends if more information comes out. Um, maybe it's just a test of year, and they're going to see how successful it is, and then. Yeah. Next year it'll get bigger and have more stuff, but I I might be wrong. I think they said they were gonna run it in unison with the uh, Olympia. Yeah, yeah, I think that's what I read. Yeah. So yeah, I'll be very curious to see about that as well. So maybe James, maybe James is big brain and in, in he, you know, yeah, something we're not thinking of. My goal essentially is to get all the weight classes treated the same, like in terms of You've probably experienced it in this. The mentality of the old school is that bigger is better. Heavyweight is the best. Then 105 is the second best. Then 90s is the third best. And then 80s is the first, fourth best. Sure have. Like, in no other sport do you see that. Like, granted, in say USC, for example, yet yeah, the heavyweight champion is called the most, the biggest man on the planet. But then the lightweight champion and the light heavyweight champion are put on equal playing field. Like, yep. one isn't more prestigious than the other. So, why is 105 world champ 
see this more prestigious than in the eighties when it should be exactly the same level right. of prestige. So that's like that's what I want to achieve with the Chaos Classic when we eventually have the four way classes, the same price money for everybody, which to be fair, OSG is doing now. Um, you know, same prestige, same treatment, not uh if you're bigger, you're better than the one. Like and I want to get rid of this mentality of oh, you should move up a weight class to challenge yourself. Like why? If you're an 80 kilo guy and you're happy at that weight class, stay at that weight class for the rest of your career. Like, right, a hundred percent. Like I think about it for me, like I was thinking about doing one 165 for USS Nationals because I sit around like one, like I'm I'm pretty light for an 80 kilo guy. Like yeah. I sit like low to mid 180s, and I'm like, shit, man. It's it's I'm trying to eat, got a nutritionist and everything, and I I'm just like not a full 200, man. I'm just not like. like Re gets um pressurized like oh you should move up weight class to challenge yourself and she was like why she was like I weigh I walk around 142 pounds like right right it's yeah. like oh 73 kilos would be a bigger title and I was like no it's not it's it's exactly the same yeah so, that's a really that's a really really good point. Like, do I think that you can do heavyweight classes at other shows for fun and to challenge yourself? Yeah, 100%. Like, I've always done heavyweight shows at, like, a local level and stuff to lift heavyweight. Rhea has competed in heavyweight shows at the local level. At maybe national level, she's done, like, some high-level um, open shows in the UK. And she's going to be doing Giants Live, Britain's Strongest Woman, against, like, Lucy Underdown and Donna Moore and Andrea Thompson and stuff. But her main focus is always going to be that 64 kilo world title. And like people who are pressurizing her to go up to 73s or OSG or 82s. I'm like, fuck off. Right. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. You, you just can't, you, you can't choose really where your body weight naturally trying to tries to gravitate yeah. towards, you know, and it does change throughout, but it's a good point. I mean, people, like I competed in the 200s this weekend because I just went out to a local show. Yeah. There was no one in the 80s or the 90s, so I'm just like I'm just you know there's I'm, there's no way I'm gonna cut for a local show, but I think that's a really cool and interesting point that you made. Like making all the titles kind of mean the same thing. Yeah, you know, and I I honestly do think, um, with like the emergence of OSG, it has kind of done that. Where like yeah, I if do. you look at Ben Donan, like. He gets a lot of he gets a lot of press time now, and it seems like without like I can't translate his stories because I don't speak French, but like it seems like he has like sponsorships, like real sponsorships yeah. and stuff from like people in France, which he should if he's the world's strongest man. And I like that he got he literally got a tattoo that said "World's Strongest Man." Like always, we are doing a great job of it. I think um, was it last year or the year before that where they changed it so everybody got paid the same? I, I can't remember. Yeah, was it was great, two years ago, I yeah, think. Yeah, that right? was a great move. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think OSG is doing a really good job of it. I think Lynn's doing a brilliant job. Um, but I want it to be like that across the board in the sport. Yeah. You know, one thing that I, I want to say that I think may be controversial is I wish there was a way for OSG to do payouts and do them evenly, but do it by participation. So, like, for example, like, if you have like, like they're introducing like the 50 plus women this year. Yeah. If they only have seven people 
You know what I mean? And they get paid out yeah. the same as a class that brings 40. It's like, I'm not shitting on the 50 plus women. I'll say it for any class. Like if the eighties have seven guys that come, I don't think they should be paid as much as the guys that had to compete against 200 people or I mean, 40 people. So it's like, I wish there was a way to do it, but I, I do like, I see, I know what you're saying. I think it's the right move long-term. I just think it needs some tweaking. Yeah. With, with like if you're introduced, if you're introducing a new class, for example, yeah, the prize money could be half for a few years until the, yeah. I mean, thing builds up. When you get into that fifty plus range, when you're talking about masters, they're just not going to have as much participation. It's a it's a physical sport, you know. It's it's just the way it is. But no, hundred percent. I think the bigger OSG gets, the more um, spotlight it's put on all these weight class athletes, where people now know all these people. Yeah, yeah. I think a lot of it comes down to individuals i would say ben gets a lot of attention because he's just so he's been dominant over the last year um, yeah same with Ree. like she gets probably more attention than the 73 kilo champ because she's won more things or she's more pushy on his social media and more active and stuff and um, not that hannah brock isn't fucking awesome in the 73 right right like it comes down to the individuals as well but um, i think it's all moving in the right direction um but yeah, I want to see it happen on a grander scale. And I do think with the emergence of the Chaos Classic, it's important because I don't think just having OSG is enough. Right. And that's the key point, really. Well, like, it's funny. We were talking at the beginning of the episode, like a couple guys couldn't make it out, Yeah, you know, to, to your show. It's like one weekend, if Lynn decides it's on December 1st through the 3rd, and it's like, oh, shit, my sister's getting married that weekend, and you're a really competitive guy, it's like, wow, my whole year's ruined now. Well, yeah, the, the twins, you know the twins, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. They're not doing OSG this year because Joel's getting married. Right. And it's like, <laughs> and that should, that should be a higher, like, you know, it, Strongman's a hobby for all of us. It's like, you should get married, you should go to weddings. It's oh. like, but that sucks. Because one show a year. Yeah, that sucks. Yeah. Like, so yeah, that's why I think I'm one. I'm probably one of many people that DM June was like, "When's the eighty starting at Chaos?" Because I want to try to qualify, <laughs> and because I think that's cool. And I've also never got to travel out of the country for strongman, so like, I can kind of like pair my hobby with traveling with my wife and stuff. I think that's cool. You know, oh, I feel like I want to do the nineties first because, especially in the UK, I feel like the 80s domestic scene now is in a very healthy place. Um, like Brits under 80s is probably the biggest um national weight class comp in the UK. Yeah. Um, in terms of exposure, in terms of prize money. Um so I feel like the 80s are like got a good domestic scene. Um, so they can wait for a little bit longer. So yeah. No, I was I was actually gonna ask that because Britain's strongest man 80s was the day before, right? Yeah. And um I, it seemed like it was a huge deal. Yeah. And it's, it seemed like your pool of athletes was really, really good. Um, where I was seeing a guy, cause it's fun to watch your own class where you can like kind of compare yourself and be that guy. That's like, Oh, I could have, you know, whatever. So I'm sitting there. I'm like, Oh, I've never even heard of this dude. And he's repping this. Like, that's so impressive. So it seemed like you have a, like you said, a really, really healthy pool of eighties just in Britain. Yeah. I would say it was probably non-existent for like four years ago. Um, I yeah. would say before me and Josh ran the first one. 
and it's kind of exploded over the last few years. It obviously helps with people like Dean going to Worlds and doing really well. Um, the Twins breaking world records. Um, obviously, Chris Harper has been smashing it the last year or so. He was the only guy missing from Brits, really. Um, I don't know if you know Chris. He's yeah. a Scottish champion. Um, but his wife was um, due to give birth on the week of the comp. So, Oh, wow. That's that's fair enough, right? Yeah, give him a, give him a pass on that. <laughs> yeah, give him a pass on that. But he's doing <laughs> Europe's in next week against Ben Donning. So that'll be interesting to see. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I feel like the 80s in a good place now. So I feel like they can wait the next year for their international show. Yeah. Um, and while I push the domestic scene a little bit more. Yeah, for sure. Do you think, how do you foresee? So the Europe's, OSG Europe's is in, when is next it? Week. Next week? Yeah, next weekend. Yeah. So this has gotten so much hype, in my opinion. I think they've gotten a amazing pool of athletes like for weight class i mean i foresee that going really well i'm i'm excited to watch and kind of see how that goes because it, it seems like they've really gotten a good pool of athletes yeah um i would say they've got most of the best guys in europe doing it there's yeah. one or two there's one or two guys i could say probably are missing but like very few um even like they've got the top 105s from europe's from the mainland, which we don't normally get over, like Emmanuel Pescari's doing it. Oh, okay. Um, and obviously, he won the Ultimate Worlds last year, so it's going to be good to see him up against like Matt McKeegan, Sean Diver, who came top ten in OS three. Yeah. Or the eighth has got Ben Donnan, D McVie, Chris Harper, yeah. um, a few more really good up and coming British guys like Kyle Scott, who came fourth of Brits. Yeah, you have two of the, you have two of the three from podium at O at Worlds. Yeah, exactly. So that's adding cool. Chris into the mix. Um, yeah. The nineties has um Gav Gav McNamee who obviously came podium or OSG, Dan Benson who just won the Chaos Classic, uh, Mike Dell who came six of the Chaos Classic. Yeah. Uh, and then a whole host of European guys. Um and this is what's gonna be interesting as well. So what people don't realise is so Europe's online qualifier was really tough. Like yeah. I, I tried qualifying for it and I put up what I thought were good numbers and I came like 14th in the 105 and I didn't qualify, right? Oh wow. Um, but because it was a very static qualifier, the guys who qualified, so one of the two of the guys who qualified for the 90s didn't qualify for the Chaos Classic. Like they did the online qualify for the Chaos Classic, but they didn't make it. But then the OS3 online qualifier was more static based, so they qualified. Hmm. Yeah. It's gonna be interesting to see how they do in the actual full show. Yeah. I'm not yeah. gonna name names um who they are, but right. like I'm interested to see how the guys who didn't make it through my qualifier do at this big show. Right. Yeah. That's that's the whole that's the whole premise behind like what I'm saying with static online qualifiers is I'm curious, you know. The the Europe's online qualifier was it's like um, three rep I'm... max dog. Yep. Uh five rep max deadlift, bouncing allowed. Yep. And Max Stone. So like a Max a Max Stone load, right? Yeah. Which is a completely different caliber of athletes to the qualifier that I did. Right. So that's gonna be interesting. Um but yeah, the men's classes are stacked. The women's are good as well, don't get me wrong, but like the men's ones are really, really, really stacked. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk real quick before we wrap up. So the we're talking about the caliber of athletes and that you were able to pull at chaos. And you mentioned Dan Benson. Yeah. So it, 
you can kind of t- I, I know like when you're promoting a show you don't want to be biased and like like rank who you think's gonna win and stuff like that because it's like you're running it right yeah. um but did you think dan was gonna like have such a uh i guess just decisive victory like did you see that was in the cards um i thought he was gonna i had him on my podium yeah um, I thought he was one of the contenders to win. I did not have anybody winning by 15 points. Well, that was the only, I guess, I guess my only knock <laughs> on my, my, I guess we were talking at the beginning, like you said, nothing could have went wrong. I think for me, from a spectator, the only thing that went wrong was Dan screwed you by being so dominant. Yeah. Yeah, we knew like, the winner was going to be. Yeah, the sixth the event, fence. it's like, oh, well, Dan just has to literally yeah. continue to breathe, and he wins. You know, like there was no drama. It, it did uh, help. Least, there was drama for the podium. Yes, that's what I was going to say. We like, had like, I think we had, I think we had like eight guys who could still come second or third. Going yeah, like I, I thought it was so cool, and like I respect like CJ Krause, for example. Like yeah. he says he's an eighty. He's a he's pretty tubby, so <laughs> I don't know if he's going to continue in the nineties or what. But, uh, but like how. how in all seriousness, how he like really sold out for that last event. And it obviously didn't work for him, but I think it's so cool to see an athlete like really sell out for that podium spot. How much you could tell how much it meant to all those guys that were in contention. It obviously didn't work out for CJ, but like I respect an athlete so much for doing that. And like, you know, CJ went from third to seventh, eighth, I think. Yeah. The power stairs. And like, other guy jumped up all over the place. So yeah. It was um annoying that Dan already had the win wrapped up. Yeah. But it was good. It was, at least there was some drama. If the top three I find with a lot of these comps, like the top three kind of break away early. Like I would say at Brits, for example, Dean and the twins, after event three, really, they were like, okay, that's probably gonna be your podium, guys. Yeah. So there wasn't that much drama. There was like a battle for fourth and fifth between Kyle and Tommy and like a battle for sixth between Connor and Andrew and stuff. But the podium was sewn up with like two yeah. events to go really in the 80s. Um, so yeah, I, I had my podium. Who did I say would podium before the show? I said Dan Benson, Gav McNamee, I thought would podium. And then I said um, one of Nick O'Hare and Derek those are the guys I thought would be on the podium. Yeah. And that just shows how competitive it was that Derek and Gavin were both outside the top 10. Crazy. And it's like, and John Hack obviously was Dude. like the main talking point. It always blew my mind. Like I was talking with a couple of friends that do powerlifting and I don't know why people are shocked that he's good because he's the elite athlete. Like it's, it's, it's in the word strong man. Yeah. Like, like who thought like John Hack? I just didn't understand. Like, who thought he was just gonna go and be bad? Yeah, I didn't get it. Like, I didn't. I did not think he'd be that good. Insane. Like, and obviously, learning strongman would help him. Like, I think if yeah. he was, if he was full bore strongman, I think he would have won. Like, I really think. I think so, if you give him like two years, he would have won. Dude, it wasn't two years. So even though Dan Benson won by fifteen points, right? If you actually look at the um, events, if John Hack had got that one three oh eight log and loaded that second sandbag, he would have won the show. Yeah, it's crazy. He lost he lost fifteen points by failing that second load. Well, like and look at like you can just tell how unfamiliar he is because him and Nick O'Hare had that uh tiebreaker. Yeah, 
just the way John picked up Nick, Nick. Yeah, Nick had it so far back. It, it wasn't even moving. And then John was like, you know, really far forward. So, yeah, like. John, John did ask for a max deadlift as a tie break. <laughs> <laughs> but I was like, they've already done six events. Yeah. I want to say, like, shout out to John as well. Um, I wasn't sure what to expect, obviously, because greatest powerlifter in the world. Um, super nice guy, no ego whatsoever. Yeah. Like got on with it, no morning or weekend. Like just he was great to work with. Like I can't fault him at all. Yeah. So that was a really cool experience. Yeah. Well, yeah, it seems like it all worked out, man. And and unless you have anything else, I, I just man, I really appreciate it. anything you want to bring up with strongman in general, you know, before we go. Um you know, anything, anything you need to promote, anything like that, man, feel free to, you know, let people know, you know, everything. Um, not really. I would just say, like, the guys who are watching this pod are obviously big fans of the weight classes. So I would just say keep watching the streams, like, keep signing up. Even if you're American, watch Europe's Strongest Man next weekend. Do you know what I mean? Like, hype up the weight class guys. Um, Watch the streams for America's Strongest Man weight classes. Show that there's interest there. Because... The fact that we had, I can't remember, I think we had like 100 viewers from the US on the live stream for a pay-per-view for a weight class show in the UK. So like we can use that data now to say to our sponsors, oh, look, we have this interest in this. Yep. So like it all helps and it's just going to make the sport grow and grow. So just like, yeah, support your weight classes, watch the streams. Like I buy pretty much every stream that I see pop up through a strongman, even if I have zero intention of watching it. Right. Like, granted, if you can't, I get the money's tight sometimes, blah, blah, blah. But if it's $5, you have to spare, buy it. Um, yeah, and just continue to support the sport, basically, because it, it all helps each other. Yep. Right and on, I, man. Well, I feel, I feel like, to expand on that point one more, is that I want promoters to stop having pissing contests. And, like, if one Fed grows, the other Fed's going to grow. If, like, and it, it should, we should all be helping each other, like, get bigger and get better. So, yeah, you wouldn't – I might, like, criticize something in terms of how it was run, but it's not because I want to see it fail. It's the opposite. I want to see it get better and succeed because that helps me. Oh, 100%. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, Luke Davis, I appreciate the time, man. Thank you so much for coming on. Make sure right. you guys are following him. Make sure you guys are checking out Chaos, everything that they have going on, because they have a ton. I see you guys posting clothes, uh, yeah, everything, man. So, you know, really appreciate can, the time. You can still go back and watch the live stream as well of the classic if you haven't already. So that's going to be up, well, for the next year, I think it'll still be up. So, so do they find that on ADL? Yeah, if they go to ADL, I'll get it exactly now, two seconds. I really, really recommend people go and, go and watch it's, it because it was so high quality. If you go to adlpro.live forward slash chaos with a K, um, the live stream is up for that for both Brits and um, yeah, the 90s. So you can still go watch it. Um, message us on Instagram, tag us, let us know what you thought. And yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, man. Thanks for having me.